What happens when you reboot the classic black and white monster films for the modern audience? A mess. That's right, Steve and I tuned into Tom Cruise's latest action-packed film, The Mummy. It's a story as old as time, but seriously it is. As we traveled back to ancient Egypt, where an Egyptian princess makes a deal with the god of death in order to have ultimate power. She must do a few dark deeds in order to obtain it. However, she is discovered and given the maximum punishment. Thousands of years later, Tom Cruise and his band of misfits discover her burial ground, and despite the obvious warning signs, the ancient princess's tomb is open, bringing chaos mainly to Tom Cruise. Welcome to Worth a Watch. For a few years, Umari and I have been going to $5 Tuesday movies and watching films that have had mad reviews, or somewhere in the middle. We watch the movies that perhaps critics were a little too harsh on and decide if it's worth a watch. Well, Steve, where do we begin with this movie? Oh, God. Well, let's start with the director, um, which was Alec Kurtzman. He has done, uh, you know, not too many mainstream films, just mainly People Like Us, which was from 2012. He's mainly a producer. He's produced Hawaii Five O, Scorpion, Sleepy Hollow, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Ender's Game, Star Trek Into Darkness. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember him being a TV guy mostly, so he's kind of a weird choice for this. But, I don't know, I guess he's getting his first chance to get on his feet. I don't know. It's not a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the best, like, premiere for directing. No, but I don't certainly know. not. Maybe uh, he'll do better down the line. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the new Mummy film is supposed to be the first installment to the Dark Universe. Let's talk about the cast. We had Tom Cruise as Nick, a.k.a. the main guy who's cursed. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Then we had Sophia Butella. Butella, yep. All right. Because you know how I am you with the names. You got her name right. I did. Yeah. As Princess Aminette, who was cool, badass, you she know. She was really cool. I enjoyed her character. Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll, a.k.a. Mr. Hyde as well. I thought at first it was kind of a weird choice to put him in this movie. You know, I thought so too. I was like, what is he doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it worked. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm like, he's the same age as Tom Cruise. So, pretty much, isn't he? Yeah, he's about Tom, the same age. <laughs> he had like the biggest suit I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Well, how old is he? Uh, at least we're recording this whole conversation. That's yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, you can always put it in. Yeah. Um, hmm. How old is Russell Crowe? Let's That's find out. Good question. Because he was just in Gladiator. That was like in what, 2000 something? It was 2000. That's oh. 17 years ago. Yeah, I guess you're right. I keep forgetting that 2000 is that long ago. Russell Crowe is 53. <gasps> He's a I think he's I was actually say, younger than... Than Tom Cruise. He's actually younger than Tom Cruise, and yeah. he looks older than Tom Cruise. Mom, you should date him. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Alright, so then we had Annabelle Wallace as who? Jenny. <laughs> A.K.A. generic white girl. Yep. Who was always in distress or dragged along by Tom Cruise's character for the majority of the movie. Yeah, uh, she didn't do anything. She legit was dragged along. Like, he was pulling her she, the whole yeah, movie. He was actually dragging her along. Yeah. I remember we complained a lot about Brie Larson in Kong Skull Island, and we were kind of like, you know, she didn't really do anything, and we were complaining about that. But she did so much stuff compared to Wallace did in this movie. Like, nothing happened. She didn't do anything. She really didn't. She 
you know, she was Tom Cruise's pick as well, which I thought was... That's so weird. Was, what a random person to choose, because he liked the show Peaky Blinders, and I guess she's oh one of the God. main actresses in it, but I, now I, I kind of don't want to watch the show. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. watch it now. <laughs> she was like, her acting was just... I didn't think it was that good. I, I thought it was bad. Oh, sorry, Annabelle. She had no chemistry with Tom Cruise. Like, when she first steps onto the scene and like smacks him across the face i was like oh ooh, okay she's gonna be really cool but then no yeah oh, that's when they replace her with the robots <laughs> <laughs> and then we had our comic relief jake johnson as chris vale aka tom cruise's sidekick because you know he always has to have one of course yeah he's supposed true. to add humor but i don't know it was like really awkward humor in a very inappropriate times yeah he kind of um Gotta be careful, can't spoil it. He wasn't... I liked his comedy at first, but then... Yeah, he was funny. And then... Too much. Then later on, you're like, okay, this isn't funny. This is kind of awkward. Like, I'm uncomfortable right now. Like, this is not a good time to joke. Yeah, I didn't know, like, what kind of tone they were going for. Yeah, he really messed up the tone of the movie. This portion of the podcast is going to be really short because we don't have a lot of good things to say. Okay. And all the bad things we have to say is just going to spoil it. So let's start with the good. Okay. Uh, the opening credit. <laughs> I like how the first, the only good thing I could think of was the, the opening, opening credit scene. Yeah. Which introduces us to the dark universe. And I thought it was really cool. I was very excited to finally see this yeah. come into fruition. Um, the beginning where they started off in England really threw me off. I was like, um, I thought mummies and, you know, this was supposed to be in ancient Egypt. Yeah, right. And then uh, in England. But somehow they tie it together. And I was like, okay, this this works. I'm, I'm willing to stretch my, my belief to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, it could have been more awkward, that's for sure. Yeah. But I don't know what happened with the rest of the movie, but that part was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the opening to the background story where Russell Crowe narrates it. I'll give him this. He's a really good narrator. I know, right? I wish he could have narrated the whole film. I would have been okay with that. <laughs> he did a great job. Uh, let's see. Good, good, good. Oh, uh, the plane scene was really neat. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Because like... they show bits and pieces in the trailer, but then when they showed the whole extended thing, I was like, oh, shit, this is really intense. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, it was. It, but then it just confused me more. Really? Like, a lot of it just confused me a lot more. But I, I, I can't talk about it, because suppose. Yeah, that's true. But um, I was going to say, I really liked, um, obviously we love the backstory with uh, about mm -hmm. Aminette. She's in the trailer, not a spoiler. We can't talk much more about it, but she has a really cool, like, opening, and uh, she's a pretty awesome character. Um, what I really liked is that they were kind of like a little bit of just humor in the beginning where they're like uh, talking about how Mesopotamia, where she was buried, is the cradle of civilization. Oh, right. And then they cut to like, it's like the cradle of civilization. And then it just says, now modern day Iraq. And like all these like insurgents are like shooting up like the roads and stuff. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was like I, some dark humor in there. That was really dark humor. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh God, we're really struggling with the good here, aren't um, we? Let's see. I, I did like Tom Cruise in the movie. He, he was okay. You know my issue mm. with that, which yeah. we'll talk about later. He does kind of play the same role every time. Yeah. But I like that one role. It, yeah, it's a good I do, role. I like, like I, that one. I enjoyed <laughs> it, but I felt like he couldn't find a good balance for that character in this movie. Because he always plays this uh, type of like smartass kind of guy that's 
Yeah. Always quick with a response. And this Kinda movie... Like me in real life. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, except you don't have to face really dangerous situations or going on harrowing adventures. Well, we go on different harrowing adventures, but that's a different story. That's a different story, yeah. different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just... I felt like there were times that he was trying to add humor into the, the storyline. And it just didn't work because this background story on the princess it's supposed to be dark Mm -hmm. and there's not really a lot of time to put that comic relief in there there's not in a there's not an appropriate time to put it in there and i felt like he couldn't quite get that balance so yeah the writers couldn't either no god no like but you make a really good point because i'm like i didn't know what i was supposed to be like it was supposed to be an action film it was a comedy and then it Mm -hmm. was a horror film for like a couple minutes here and there yeah and i think well, well, we'll go into this more later, but the original, like, Brendan Fraser movies, they had a really good, like, balance of that. There was stuff they, that was They scary. did, yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. Brendan Fraser was able to find a good balance between being slightly funny. You know, he wasn't, like, over-the-top comical, but yeah. at the same time, he was also serious when he needed to be. And I felt like Tom Cruise's character could not find that good balance. Because, you know, in a lot of, like, media propaganda that they did for this movie they're like it's not like the brendan fraser movie don't compare it there's nothing to do with the brendan fraser movie which a lot of people forget but they didn't like i know we were talking about this before and they were supposedly saying that a lot but then i don't know like when the movie was getting into production and gearing up and we started seeing trailers like they they forgot to like tell everybody that so maybe they mentioned it at like one point but nobody really remembered that yeah. so like everybody was like oh the mummy like where's brendan fraser they they used the word reboot too much because they kept saying that we're rebooting we're the classic rebooting. horror monster films but technically speaking uh the brendan fraser mummy movie is a remake of the original 1932 or i think it's 1932 the mummy Sounds movie right. yeah because it's the same bad guys they're both emoteps in that movie but this one it you know, obviously, Emote is not involved whatsoever. So That's it's... what you think. <laughs> Maybe the second one. I don't know. I was just so confused by it. Yeah. And a lot of people were, too. And, like, really, when you think about it, like, his movies, the Brendan Fraser ones are set in, like, the 30s. Mm-hmm. The two, like, decent ones. And we're not going to talk about the third one. But the... <laughs> We'll just pretend it didn't exist. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen it. I've been, like, blessed with not seeing it. Thankfully. I wouldn't bother. Even, even the second one was kind of stretching it a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. People are like, you know, where is Brendan Fraser? When really, like, the storyline would make even less sense because the other ones are set in, like, the 30s. The mm-hmm. first two. And he'd be basically, his character would be, like... Dead. Would be dead. Or if he was living now, he'd be, like, 110 years old or something. He'd be really scary. He would be scary. He'd be one of the mummies. Actually, they could have... That would have been cool. We already came up with, like, a better plot line. <laughs> and, like, just talking about it. Uh, oh all right, so before we jump into the spoilers, uh, the ancient princess wakes up and she starts killing people and turning them into, well, uh, you know, I, zombies. I, I, yeah, I guess zombie mummies. It's does in that, the trailer. Does that count as, as it's in the trailer? Okay, all right. So yeah, I, I think it is. She, well, we know she wakes up. She, you know, she needs help obviously to take over the world, of course. So mm-hmm. she has to make a few of her own. 
from minions and she does and yeah. when she does that i thought that was really cool when they came back to life and like they're all like gnarled looking and just like yeah look like they're trying to be a part of the the michael jackson thriller video <laughs> yeah really though but i mean i thought they were pretty cool but i was just really confused by it because it's not particularly explained well no like i mean you knew more about it than i did but you like actually did research on it right uh, like, you again, looked it up I, you gotta remember, I'm, I'm a fan of the classics, so I, okay. I, I have prior knowledge, so I, I feel like I'm kind of at an advantage here, but you're right, though, <laughs> um, for someone who's not familiar with the classic monster films and how, like, this whole thing works, it, it just it was, doesn't work for the it, general it audience, work. yeah, it just doesn't work. It's just super confusing, I'm kind of like, alright, so they're zombies, but they're not zombies, it's not The Walking Dead, but it's not, you know, they're not like mummies, because like, mummies are technically zombies, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I didn't know what the rules were. They didn't explain how they're really created. I mean, we see her make them, but I'm like, what is it? Mm. I don't know. I just had so many questions, and I was just confused. And... Because when Emotet killed people in the Brendan Fraser film, they were just dead dead. They were dead, yeah. Yeah, they, were, they weren't coming back. So, like, this is double confusing because... Again, it doesn't have anything to do with the other mummy movies, but now people who haven't seen them who saw this are going to be like, "Oh, are there zombies in the other films?" Mm. So I'm, then they're going to be like, "What the? Like, what's going on?" Maybe it was like mummy magic she used, you know, like ancient magic to bring. I don't know. <laughs> it, well, that's yeah, that's what it was. What confused me about the zombies is that like she makes them, but then you know, can she just create them from any dead body? And and I was saying this when we were talking about this another time. Like, why doesn't she, she just go to a graveyard or a morgue and make an army? I, I don't know if she can do that. They don't mm. explain it. And I have more about that to say in the spoilers because I can't talk about it now without ruining everything. But I'm like, why can't she just raise up an army? Or he's literally in the morgue in one scene. Like, why doesn't, why can't she just like go into a morgue and be like, rise? My, my only argument is that, like, in the Brett and Fraser movie, Emotet he wakes up you know he's accidentally woken up from that book and then he's able to do all this like shit to get his own army together so if we're willing to believe that why can't we believe this yeah i got you there i, yeah. I mean i no, i can still believe it i mean why not i mean the other movie oops, sorry was about the book of the dead and whatnot so i, I totally get that mm -hmm. but i'm just i just have so many questions and i'm just kind of like it's mostly plot holes kind of but, yeah. but not really. I just... I have more plot holes to talk about with this. I think... Because I can't talk about this because it's a spoiler, but yep. certain group later, they talk about fighting evil. Bam. So I feel like you have to like kind of suspend your belief a bit. Like she has magical powers, ancient magical powers. Yeah, no, no, I, I can get that. I figured mm -hmm. out like, okay, it's like a power that... I mean, it's literally a mummy movie. Like she comes back from the dead more or less so like <laughs> i'm like I, i'm i'm suspending suspending my disbelief for that but i'm just like i'm like how does it work like what are the ground rules yeah i guess like in the the mummy movie brendan fraser version she reads a book and that's what brings them out but this movie they just open the casket and they she's open alive the casket and they um well they cleared off the mercury yeah which was another thing i didn't understand I, yeah i thought that was also if they were okay all right apparently well, mercury is salt it's basically like a salt circle and supernatural or something 
you know, why did they leave those things in there, though, if they wanted to leave her in there for a very long time? I don't know. Like that device. That, that was one Why did the, they want to pull her up? Why would you ever want to pull her up? It's an archaeological discovery. No, but I'm saying, like, why would they even want it so anybody could... They had a counterweight so she could be pulled out of the water. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, why was that there? So that, that was a plot Why hole. didn't they just dump her at the bottom of a really deep, like, pool and then dump the mercury on it? Yeah, exactly. Why did they have to leave that device there to pull her up? Mm-hmm. So, because that, that was one thing that bugged me. I'm like, if she's that evil... <laughs> I'm, like, re-remembering all this, and it's annoying me, like, right now. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought the concept of him losing time and space was pretty cool. It kind of reminded me of Oculus a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Because it's, um, you know, me personally, I think that's that's a really terrifying concept to just, like, wake up and, like, how did I get here? That's really How long has it been? I watch a lot of Bates Motel, and that's mm-hmm. what happens to Norman a lot. Yeah, Spoiler. and he is like, "What the fuck?" Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Whoops! I spoiled a random TV show. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> um, but my my problem with that is that I don't think this is a spoiler, but mm-hmm. he's never in a situation where he like did a bunch of stuff without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Like he's always like about to do something stupid. Or something in in Nominette's favor, and he just doesn't end up doing it. And I'm like, wait, so what's the point of even having this? Because it's not like he went out and, I don't know, stole something she wanted or killed somebody. Like, he doesn't actually do anything when he's missing time. Yeah. So what's he doing? Is he standing? Is he just, like, standing there in, like, paranormal activity over the bed, like, for five hours? (laughs) Yeah, so, like, at first I thought that that concept was really cool. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty spooky. Right. And then... We'll talk more about that in the spoiler. Mm-hmm. We forgot to give it a rating on our worth the watch scale. What would you give it? Well, we're going to disagree on this. But yes, we are. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Four? Out of, wow, you lowered it. You no, lowered no, it. No, it was still four. I thought you gave it a five. No, originally. that's the balance between our scores. Oh, spoiler, she gives uh, it a six. I gave it a six just because I I, I know. Just because I thought you the, got your reasons. Yeah, the background story was really unique and cool. And I appreciated the thought that went into it. The rest, though, uh, not so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it has its issues, which you're going to hear about in, in a bit. Yeah. We, I think we also disagreed on, on the worth a watch scale. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say wait for Redbox on this one. I'm going to say $5 Tuesday it because I was still entertained. <laughs> kind of sucked, but it was still entertaining. I mean, it did have some big screen moments. So yeah. it was kind of cool, but... I, I don't know. I don't know if I can buy bucks. <laughs> Spoiler time. So if you plan on seeing the movie, hit pause now and come back later. All right. Well, let's start with the spider scene, which is right after they release her from her mercury pool. She was in her a pool. Plot. Of, she yeah. was in a plot device. And they let her out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So basically, she was buried in a pool of mercury. Yes, that is true. This is a thing, apparently. I was not aware. (laughs) And as she's being released, a bunch of camel spiders just come crawling out. I guess they were trying to mirror the whole um, Beatles thing from the Brendan Fraser movie. That's what I felt like when I saw the scene. I thought it was confusing in that sense because I almost got, when I was watching it, I got the whole, like, cliche of, like, um, animals running away from something. You know, you see, like, rats fleeing before something horrible happens. That's what I thought it was. 
So we don't even have the same, like, interpretation of it. Yeah, we really That's don't. That's just how, like, confusing yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, I was like, where are these coming from? What's their purpose? Yeah, because <laughs> I thought, you know, they were going to play a role in the movie. Because, you know, the, the Scarabs do in the Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah, they were cool. They yeah. were really freaky. Yeah, they were really like, Yeah. Uh, scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, same here. Nightmares. So Tom Cruise's um, sidekick, Vale a.k.a. Jake Johnson, um, he okay. gets bit by one of the spiders. And Tom Cruise tells him, like, oh, don't worry, it's not poisonous, it's not poisonous. But then he dies. He yeah. dies from the spider bite. And I was just like, what? What is that even what caused it, though? Like, I'm not even sure at this point. Like, he got bit by the spider and he kept scratching at it and then he turned into a zombie. Yeah, but, so, I mean, they didn't, like, definitively say that. So yeah, I'm like, I I'm guess. like, did he get in, like... Because Tom Cruise got her in his head, like, just from being there. I was so confused. Yeah, it was weird, because he, like, turned to a zombie after getting bit by a spider, so let's just... And it's, like, so obvious, because, like, he's, like, he's, like, shivering on the plane, and nobody's noticing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, like, and he's, like, wheezing and stuff. I'm, like, these are the shittiest squad mates I've ever seen. Yeah. They're technically in the army, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all army. They well, were yeah, so reconnaissance they, guys. They really suck then. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, can you keep at, like keep your dying down over there? Like, <laughs> I want to sleep. And like, oh my god, I kept expecting when we got to, to Russell Crowe, I kept expecting him to open up that giant fucking suit of his and more spiders to come out of it. <laughs> You're never going to let the suit thing go, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. His suit was fucking huge. I just was like expecting him to open it up and all these spiders would come out and attack them. That would have been so like such a shocker. Would you have been expecting that? No, I wouldn't have. Definitely not. <laughs> Plot all right. twist. Yeah, that was basically the end of Vale. Kind of? Sort of. Well, he kind of comes back. He comes back as like a Jiminy Cricket for, for Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah, he is a Jiminy Cricket. He's just like, this oh, she has plans out. for you and she's not going to stop. Yeah, see, that's that's what's annoying because yeah. it's like, he doesn't, like, it's dark at first, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it gets comical. And like it's weird because he, he looks gross. He's yeah. all like pale and shit. His eyes fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. His, his eyes like weird. And like he, he looks like like a zombie. Like he looks like the like a badly explained zombie. Yeah. Like the rest of the zombies in the film. Um, <laughs> like, but it's like super comic. Like he like in the bar, Tom Cruise follows him into the bathroom to talk to him, and then he ends up walking into the ladies' room without realizing it. Yeah. So yeah, here we go with the inappropriate humor. I'm like, what on, the hell? on Tom Cruise's part? It's like he was trying to be funny, like add that that Tom Cruise character that he does in every movie into this movie and it just didn't work like his fellow squad mates like just died and yeah. he just woke up in, in a, a morgue, morgue. <laughs> and he's trying to be funny and it's just like dude i'm like what am i watching yeah <laughs> it like uh, it was weird it was really really weird i really felt like he had after a while like not just with the comedy but in general he had negative impact on the film because yeah. you're, you're supposed to be building this um kind of like connection between Aminette and nick Tom Cruise's character, and like he's the go-between for her and, and him, basically, or sort of. It isn't explained well. That's a good point. That it, is a good. Another point. thing they didn't explain well, but um, like you don't even see her till like, you know, like halfway through the film. So like every time this guy shows up, it's a scene where she could be appearing to him and kind of like making their connection more mysterious, or you know, having it 
have some kind of weight to it and instead it just ends up being like comic relief that's not appropriate yeah it it was just really awkward i felt like he was trying to portray his character from new girl like we we get it you're (laughs) supposed to be a funny guy but at this moment you're kind of gross looking you're supposed to be dead i don't know it was just weird it was a weird thing to do the original mummy movie it's a dark movie and that's what they were trying to capture in this film and I, I felt like maybe they felt uncomfortable with the dark material, so they were trying to lighten it up with like random humor. And don't just don't do it. Don't do that. But it's called the dark universe. Exactly. <laughs> it just, like, like, it just doesn't work, and it, it, it's, it comes out awkward, and you you know you feel uncomfortable. And yeah, it's like super uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back into the concept that Tom Cruise's character he loses time and awareness at first. And it's like a real like psychological mind fuck. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And, you know, there's that one scene that he's exploring the site of the plane crash with um, Jenny, a.k.a. generic girl. Um, <laughs> but really. She had no personality, this chick. So he sees a church in a distance. And then all of a sudden he like blinks and wakes up and sees he's inside the church. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, that's that's really scary, you know, to lose right. time like that. But then they just completely forgot about that concept for the rest of the movie. <laughs> they did. It was, like, such a waste. <laughs> I don't even know where they came up with it if they were just going to forget to put it in. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. It, it really didn't. So I was so disappointed to, like, see that dropped. Because in the movie Oculus with that haunted mirror, th- that's what happens. Like, the two siblings lose time and space. Yeah. And I that's what scared me about the movie. I'm like, wow, can you imagine just like fucking like waking up and you did this, you did that. You don't know how you got there. You don't know what's real. Yeah, it's and scary. Yeah. That type of like horror, it's losing your mind. Yeah, it's very unnerving, mm-hmm. but he doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Though. Basically like he gets to the point where he's about to do something. Again, we said this earlier. He's about to do something stupid. But then he's like, oh, no, I can't do this. And then, like, the only thing he does, and he doesn't even lose time for it, is when he just drives back to her. But then they abandon that concept, too. He's, like, supposed to be drawn to her kind of like a magnet. And they just bailed out of that. Like, Tom Cruise forgot to bail out of the airplane. (laughs) That I have some comments about that later. Yeah, so one thing I found kind of disturbing, basically she can drain people of life force in order to regenerate her body and she kind of makes people into zombies in the process but like for most of the film i feel like they were almost doing it to just like show off cool makeup effects or something they left it like instead of her draining like one or two more people or whatever in order to get back to her final like her full form where she looks like human Mm -hmm. they left her kind of like falling apart for most of the movie and Yeah. yeah like it doesn't make any sense and like like, first of all, she seems like she has more power when she's restored to her, like, pre-mummification state. Like, she's, like, clearly more powerful than that because we're building up to it this whole movie. But, like, the main thing is that she's supposed to be, like, having some kind of, like, seeming attracted to the viewer or, like, having some kind of sex appeal. And she's literally a rotting corpse. Yeah, that- like tries yeah. to kiss tom cruise at one yeah, point yeah i'm like this is 
so creepy. Like, like her, she's got like her fucking. You can see like the muscles in her arm, like under the skin. And like she's got like a big feet, like piece of her face missing. And I'm like, <laughs> this is just like I was so uncomfortable. I was extremely uncomfortable. Like there needs to be a word for how uncomfortable I am. I'm like, this is like some weird necrophilia yeah. shit. I'm like, and then like her nails. That was one thing I couldn't uh, stop staring at. Was like her nails because she's like touching his face, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm like oh no, ew, ew this is so gross. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and I was just basically like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is this? Yeah, it got weird fast. It did. Even he was grossed out, too. Yeah. Which was but, pretty funny. But they're supposed to have this connection, and he's just like, no, no, get back. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, another plot hole. Another plot hole. I feel like we're almost kind of like plot hole archaeologists. <laughs> we're just like unearthing all these, like discoveries while we're doing this yeah because that's a really good point i totally forgot about that because he has like this connection with her when he first pulls her out of the mercury pool she was in and you know she's like all over him and like uh my prince god or whatever, something, something. Yeah. she calls him something affectionate very sweet i guess and the chosen was the it? chosen that's there it, we yeah. go yeah. yeah i couldn't think of the pet name <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like i mean she could have just called him like honey or baby yeah she calls no, him my chosen. chosen wow yeah all right so let's move on to that secret society that they introduced way too soon and then basically mm-hmm. took up like a majority of the movie as well yeah in this underground place it took so long where we're introduced to russell crowe's dr jekyll in his giant suit <laughs> 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 oh my God. So, most importantly, all right. So, this is what I really want to talk about. I'm pretty excited about it because okay. it's in this place that they explain to him that this society that they have that you find out Jenny's true motives of the archaeological dig that she wanted to investigate. It's not for archaeological purposes, it's to like for this society that stops evil, apparently, basically, like, yeah. mo- monsters and evil. And he he's talking about the concept of good and evil and how they stop evil and whether Tom Cruise's character is a good person. And throughout the movie, they, they keep touching on that. And because Tom Cruise says, I'm, I'm not a good person, I'm not a good person. And Jenny's like, no, but you are, but you are. Remember you gave me the last parachute on the plane when it was going down? Like, that means you're a good person. And Steve, the moment that you, like, left to go get a drink... Like, I, I couldn't believe you missed this part. I was like, this was such a fucked up part in the movie that I couldn't believe it. He, so she says to him, like, you gave me the last parachute. That means you're a good person. And he says to her, I didn't realize it was the last parachute. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, did this just happen? Did I just, like, hallucinate? <laughs> yeah, so, I didn't see it, so it, she might just be, you know, making this up right now. It's true. I am making it up. up. But no, I swear it happened. So basically, all in all, he's trying to say that, yeah, no, I'm really, like, I'm not a good person. When we get to the conclusion of the film, he still doesn't really, like, define himself as a good person, but... Uh, We're going to go on more about that in a little so bit. So, another damn plot hole. Another I'm plot holding hole my head right now, in case you're We're wondering. Just, because... We're just finding them. Yeah, yeah it just... Yeah, she is. I can confirm uh... that. I, yeah, they just go on about how he's a really good guy, and you don't see this. Like, he he comes across as a kind of, like, I don't know, a likable, yet really sketchy thief. 
he's a rogue. We get that. But he, he basically reminded me of, I mean, you wouldn't know this, but he reminds me of a watered-down Nathan Drake from Uncharted, or really a shitty version of Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly, Nathan Fillion's character. It just felt like somebody was like trying to write that character and just didn't know how to. And his sacrifices don't sacrifices in quotes i'm putting air quotes (laughs) like they're not sacrifices they really are not it's for his own gain pretty much basically i i don't know that scene was really messed up so basically had he known like i question had he known that it was the only parachute would he have given it to her would he just taken it for himself that would have been a better movie because they could have killed off her character much earlier that is true that is true Oh, so I was going to say, this leads me to another plot point. Like, again, like we were talking about how the zombies don't make any sense. But, like, Omnet's ability to bring people back from the dead, because he, he dies in the plane crash and he wakes up in a morgue. And they don't explain how this happened. Did she visit him to bring him back? Can she bring him back, like, telepathically? Can she bring anyone back from the dead? Or is it just Nick because he's connected to her? You know, I'd, I, I'm like, what if he dies again? Does he come back again? Like, or was it just this one time and, and that's it? Like, Can I, he die? I don't know. Like, I mean, well, obviously the end of the movie, I don't think he can with all this shit that's going on, but who knows? <laughs> it, it just doesn't make any sense. Because, like, if you don't know if you're... The main character of the film is immortal or not. If he can just die a bunch of different times, or if he even does die after the first time, it's impossible to gauge what the stakes are in the film. Because if he just can't die or can keep dying repeatedly, like, nothing has any weight to it. Yeah. I just, oh my Meanwhile, god. Meanwhile, like, like, you're kind of like, you're wondering a different thing. And I'm sitting there with, like, her resurrection powers and I'm wondering, like, wait a minute. Like, what, what is this? How does it work? I need, like, a pamphlet or a flowchart or something. <laughs> As we're talking about different plot holes, we're finding new plot holes while we're doing this. Yeah, a plot hole within a plot hole. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, an Inception plot hole. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Great minds think alike. We definitely do. Mm-hmm. The The camera shows long shots of, like, scary-looking lab equipment and tools, but there's no, like, allusion to, like, their purpose later on in the right. movie. Then they did nothing with it. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, like, they were trying to give, like, like little nods to, like, the other to, monster to movies. What? To but what? But, again, you know, <laughs> like, you as a viewer, you're not familiar with the monster verse like the classic monster universe right so that's gonna go over your head versus me like oh i'm familiar i that i'm obviously they're alluding to frankenstein that, that that's what i thought well, well yeah no no like you were pointing out some of the stuff and but some i of had it was... pointed out to you yeah so they they didn't really think about that when they shot some of these scenes because they showed like one of the web foots from uh creature from the black lagoon right and then they also showed a vampire skull as well that i figured out i'm like okay this yeah. is dracula but um but then my issue too with that like my i went from another point and I, I agree with you on the tool and shit we'll talk about that in a minute mm-hmm. but i was kind of like are they just giving us spoilers for the other movies now that's what i was thinking i'm like does <sighs> do they kill dracula i mean yeah you know that's a good point because they have that web foot in there so are all the other movies are they going to take place before the mummy like are they going to take place years ago yeah I don't and know. that's why they have it in these jars mm. again we're jumping to conclusions here we don't know I, i'm gonna be pissed down the line okay. though if 
we find out that Dracula is dead and they mount his skull there because they basically spoil right. the movie already. Yeah, exactly. I really hope they don't do that. Basically, like, this is an alternative to Marvel movies. They're trying, they're like, we're not going to try to be the Avengers or to be, like, the DC. I really hope they don't try to emulate Suicide Squad because we all know who that yeah. turned out. But <laughs> um, we saw that too, folks. They, they lingered on these tools for some reason and... They weren't important to the film. They weren't a plot device. They weren't something that, like, you know, Tom Cruise grabbed or whatever during the fight with um, with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In this case, Mr. Hyde. Yep. He didn't grab, like, one of them off the wall. Like, oh, okay, that would have been interesting or whatever. They weren't a weakness for him. They were in case, too. They were relevant. Yeah, but, like, you see in, like, other movies, like The Avengers or something, there's always, like, other references to other films. And, like, a lot of times there will be, like, um, somebody's like key weapon or something you know a plot device or whatever from another film in like a case or something and so I'm kind of like what is the point of this because again they're so this is so similar to what they're trying to do with like the Marvel Universe yeah. also like you know the general audience they're not going to understand those references either you have to start from scratch mm -hmm. younger generations I guess that are not familiar with these classic monster movies and that was my, my big issue because I felt like there were some points I had to fill you in. I didn't even know that the Dark Universe was a thing until you told me about it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's been marketed enough to the point where, like, everybody really knows what it is. Like, everybody knows the Avengers or, you know, they get, like, Justice League is coming mm -hmm. out for DC. I really don't think the average person knows what the Dark Universe is. And I had no clue what it was until you told me. So, like... Even though I grew up with these, like, classic monster films, and I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Nosferatu, and I've, you know, seen The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, all right, what are they referencing? Like, what's going on? Oh, okay. Because I, I didn't even know, like, until you told me, like, I don't know, the day before we saw the movie. I didn't wow. even know that this was a thing. <laughs> so, because this is definitely more your yeah. area of expertise than me. Um, all right, so let's move on to my other big 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 issue with this movie which was generic main girl jenny <laughs> and she was so useless had no personality there was nothing unique about her she didn't do shit she really did <laughs> yeah literally whole movie tom cruise is dragging her around mm -hmm. and she she did nothing there was a point where tom cruise is fighting mr hyde at this point because right. dr jekyll changes Spoiler. And, yeah, spoiler. And um, she's trying to get into the room to save them because it's the, the lab is under lockdown. Right, because of and Mr. Hyde. She, she couldn't even get in there. She couldn't even get in there. Yeah, and she, like, knocked one of the assistants out. Yeah, like, for no reason. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy. I was like, this poor guy, he's trying to help you out. And so by the time she gets into the room that Tom Cruise is fighting him, it, the fight's already done. It's done, yeah. Yeah, and he's already turned back to Dr. Jekyll. But it was so stupid. She took long enough, though, just for Tom Cruise to get, like, thrown into a wall, like, 35 times. Yeah. His character should have been dead, incidentally. This yes. film is just, like, Tom Cruise getting the shit beat out of him, like, the entire <laughs> he's time. Really, he's pretty good at it, though. He's really good I, at it. I saw yeah. some behind the scenes, and the point where he gets his face smashed into that glass panel, he had to do it, like, 20 times. And that was his face. It was not a stunt oh, double. Goodness. His face was smashed into... A easily broken glass panel, oh, like but nonetheless, glass or something. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, it was still smashed. 
that's I'm actually impressed with that. Yeah, like, so I'll I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I kind of wanted to discuss was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde concept, which mm-hmm. you know I thought it was kind of neat that they introduced him into this film. Right. Um, I thought the transformation was kind of cool. It was pretty freaky. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I had my doubts uh, with Russell Crowe playing this character. I wasn't sure how it was gonna turn out, but I thought he did a pretty solid job for what he was given. Yeah, uh, obviously this isn't going to win him an Oscar. I thought that having Mr. Hyde in the film, like anybody who has like even picked up a book or looked <laughs> at like a cover, like everybody knows about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't necessarily have to show Mr. Hyde. So when they randomly threw him in the middle there, I mean, it was really cool, but... I figured this would be a really cool after the credits scene or some kind of other. It just felt weird. I have a fun fact about that later, about the whole after the credits scene. Oh, okay. I'm pretty excited about this. But, but like, didn't you feel like the, it kind of threw off the pacing, having it, him in there? It, it did. Uh, I thought he did a good job as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And then when yeah. they showed him, like, slightly changing, I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. But then when they had him change, change, I'm like, you, you're wasting time now. Like, like well, just let him have his own movie. Like, like this, this is not necessary. I, I think it's, okay, to me, going back to Marvel, it's kind of like, it would be like in a completely different movie having, like, Bruce Banner turn into the Hulk. Like, you know he turns into the Hulk. And just imagine if it just, like, totally killed the pacing on a film. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, he doesn't... We don't need to know that he hulks out. He kicked Tom Cruise's ass. It was a cool fight sequence. But it's not like he, like, pulled a car off and threw it at him. Or, like, did bench presses like like The Rock did. You know, like, I, that would have been cool. They should have just had him pick up his desk and, like, do some reps. I feel like he should have absolutely destroyed Tom Cruise, too. And he didn't. Like, no. he lost the fight. He did. He kind of. Yeah. I mean, he, I know he threw him into the into the wall a few times. He, he did. lost. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking lost. Yeah. Yeah, but also what was confusing to me, I'm like, how often does does uh, Doctor Jekyll have to inject himself with the serum? Oh, that was another plot hole too. Yeah, that we were discussing earlier. I was just like, why? Like, what's going on with this? You know. And another big plot hole: the time frame of this movie. Does it take place in twenty-four hours? Is it a weekend? Right. Do we have a week? Because the whole movie, Tom Cruise is wearing the same shirt. Yeah, he is. A dirty shirt, just like. To throw I don't that know if that there. was like. Or maybe he intent- it. Like, was that intention? Like, we don't even know if that was meant to be, or if they just forgot to change his shirt. I I don't know because okay, so from the point of the plane crash, he's still wearing the same shirt. Right. So the the plane goes down. He wakes up from the dead. That was also an awkward scene that we didn't talk about when he wakes up naked in the morgue and oh, people yeah. walk in on him naked. Like, that was kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. But- also, that side note, that was in the trailer, so that really ruined that whole... Yeah. That, that was stupid. Yeah. But anyway, so they give him a shirt after he wakes up from the morgue. Right. And then he starts hallucinating a date. Maybe a few hours after he wakes up, they give him the shirt, right? I'd say so, but so, we don't even know. It could have yeah. been like an hour and later. And then he goes to the bar with Jenny, a.k.a. Generic Girl. I'm going to call her that through the rest of the podcast. Generic White Girl. Generic White Girl. <laughs> so, and then she's like, oh, let's go to the, the plane crash scene. So they go. Right. And then he has that um, losing time and space issue because he's trying to get jiggy with it with the ancient princess, sort of. <laughs> the rotting The course. rotting course. <laughs> so then he's brought to the lab. It's just, there's like a lot of stuff going on, and I can't tell how much time has passed, so we, we don't know. Yeah, well, because they spend a lot of time in the 
like in the lab in the lab in general like the headquarters and i'm like so yeah oh and top of that he spent some time knocked out because they knocked him out before oh, bringing him that's there. right yeah. so we don't know how long he's been knocked out for but he's still wearing the same shirt and by the end of the movie he's still wearing the same shirt <laughs> So we don't know how much time has passed. It's it's a mystery. That's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to like throw that out there. That's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is the stuff I'm wondering in the back of my mind. I'm like, does Russell Crowe have to inject it? Like, you know, Dr. Jekyll have to inject himself every hour? Does he sleep? Does he just not sleep? Does he wake up we'll never after know. an hour and just inject himself? Is it six hours, 12, 24? We don't know. But clearly it's important to the movie because... They, he like it's like oh I'm not gonna let you inject yourself. He hulks out into Mister Hyde. Also, um, Tom Cruise like before he turns into Hyde, he holds back the the injection thing from him. Like he saw him changing before. Why the hell would you hold that back from him? Because remember he's like questioning <laughs> Good him. Point. Like that was really stupid. Like you saw what he he could become. Like you got a hint of it. Like this is really like dumb. that was that was really dumb. So. <laughs> I think he thought that the power of that one shirt he wore the entire movie would help him out. Apparently. It would protect him. The, the, it just... So anyway... Another plot hole we just yeah. found right now. Let's immediately jump to the end. Where I have he, a lot to say about yeah, this. Yeah, where he basically turns into a god? Because you're not Ish. quite sure. Well, even before that, like the zombies are just a huge... Like, again, bringing them back in. They're just a huge plot point. Because... She's able to wake up all these crusader corpses, yep. which I don't understand, like, how she can do that. They've been dead for, like, basically a thousand years. Like, close to a thousand years. Nine hundred years, yeah. I think. And I'm like, can you, like, how does she do this? Because in, in the Brendan Fraser movie, at least Imhotep is in Egypt. So that makes sense that he's a... And, right. Which they have to read from a book, too, in order to bring them up, up alive. Right. Like, he's able to wake up his crew... And then they wake up a different crew by reading the book because he accidentally reads the wrong spell or something. That made sense. She just woke him up and, and that was it. She's like, yeah, and they killed everyone. The yeah, two. exactly. And I'm like, but and it makes even less sense because like the Crusaders would have been her enemies. They went to Egypt to like raid and stuff. Yeah. That's why they were able to find all the the jewelry and whatnot or, mm -hmm. or whatever the the ruby thing yeah the ruby plot device and like bury themselves with it and i'm like they're her enemies so it makes even less sense that she's able to control them mm -hmm. they basically show up they kick ass and then she gets rid of them she turns them into dust just in time for tom cruise to show up so when he's fighting her he doesn't have to worry about all this backup and i was like <laughs> this is like this is so stupid <laughs> i was just like really annoyed with that i'm like this is so like great yeah. So then he turns into a god because he, like, I guess he kills her and then, like, sucks the life out of her or something. In a scene that's, like, uncomfortably, very uncomfortable. because it's Okay, thank you. Okay, I was yeah. really uncomfortable watching that scene. I was like, this is kind of like, this is like sexual assault. Yeah. Basically. And I was like, this is a really awkward scene. Okay, you felt ends, the same way. She yeah. ends up in fetal position. That's uh, why I yeah, was this, like. This is so creepy. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on right now? I'm like, what? Yeah, so that was uncomfortable. Okay, um, you felt the same oh, way. Right? We didn't okay. even talk about that. We didn't even like, talk is... about that. We were so scarred by it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is really creepy. Yeah. What the fuck? I, I just didn't like that she was in fetal position. I was like, this is... 
like my skin is crawling. She right was now. rotting like, about as much as like when she was hitting on him. Though. Yeah, that's the weird that like to add more awkwardness to yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, she doesn't look much different now from earlier in the movie when she was supposed to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is really weird. What the fuck? So Jenny dies, and then he. Oh yeah, she yeah, does. He I brings her. He could have. All right, we won't yeah, get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings her back. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, come into the light. And he's like, I can't. I can't show my face. Oh, I can't. And <laughs> I started laughing at that part. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so goofy. It was. It, was, it didn't make it's any like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then flash forward to him, like, in the desert. He brings his dead friend back, Vale, a.k.a. Jake Johnson. Wow. So Jake Johnson's fine. No longer zombified. Yeah. And I thought there was going to be something wrong with his face. We'll never know. Yeah, because he's like, don't, don't look don't at me, look at don't me. look at me. And then his face was fine. Fine. Like, I knew he had that one moment where he freaked out, mm-hmm. and he had, like, sharp teeth or something. Oh, yeah, that was that was kind of spooky. That was, yeah. At the end of the film, he's, you know, they talk about, like, sacrifice mm-hmm. and whatever. He doesn't make one. No. Because, like, the process of him becoming a god has no consequences. Like, the movie vaguely inserts some lines about him being possessed by a great evil or something, but we never see this as the audience. He becomes a god with incredible strength and power and the ability to bring people back from the dead. Honestly, faced with the same choice and like the lack of consequences because the movie doesn't have any here. They're nope. not written into it at all. I don't know anybody who wouldn't choose differently than he did. Like You get all these abilities and you have no negative qualities. Like Why wouldn't you do what he did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction. Yeah. I'm like, it just like I was expecting some, like maybe some like facial disfigurement, but then they show him at the very end and he's fine. Right, and I, happens. yeah, it's not like losing yourself in the dark side or becoming a vampire and having to deal with the thirst or whatever. He just like there was nothing. There was nothing. He had all these abilities and like cool shit. He can make the sandstorm fall behind him. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, what's the negative to this? There isn't one. There was none. One more thing about the final fight that I had an issue with, like, you could have said it anywhere. They started to show Aminette kind of going through the city, like, downtown, destroying buildings and stuff. And they just were like, nah, that's too much. Why don't we have the final, like, boss fight to end the movie in a boring underground, like, half-ass mausoleum, basically? The sewers of London. Oh, Very exciting. What a great locale. I mean, let me tell you. I thought Fast and Furious had some really cool locations, but the mummy, wow. <laughs> like, check out this backdrop. It's gray, and everything is covered in dirt. I mean, just... just and some wow. water. Can't forget the water. There's some, like, dirty fucking sewer water. <laughs> like, oh, man. What a great location. <laughs> Truly a memorable final end to this film. So some things I really wanted to talk about uh, specifically was the concept of rebooting these classic horror monster movies for the modern audience, you know, which is really neat because finally a younger generation can learn about it and maybe take some interest. I don't know. I've always been a big fan of them personally. Um, or they could just watch the old movies, but I, I doubt it. No one likes black and white anymore, apparently. Um, unless it's like Sin City or something. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to reboot the classics, then, you know, 
you, you got to do it right because it's basically an insult to the classics if you're going to half-ass it and that was my big issue with this movie also trying to disguise like poorly developed storylines with ridiculous action sequences it's an insult to the audience intelligence as well like we can tell like this is a bad storyline yeah yeah. So I felt this movie was trying to mask their inconsistencies of like plot holes with like random action sequences, um, which is why sometimes I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get shot for saying this. That's why sometimes I get irked with the Avengers. Oh yes, shit. I went she there. went there. I went there. Uh, but Damn. that's a rant for another time. It appears like you know some production companies you know they hope that maybe the audience will forget the inconsistencies by adding like all these crazy explosions and stuff and it's it's really aggravating sounds like the avengers to me <laughs> oh but umari this isn't supposed to be the avengers the creators of the dark universe said that <laughs> you know also another thing is like a lot of movies they depend on star power to kind of like keep a poorly developed plot together right. and you know they tried it with Baywatch it didn't work they tried it with Pirates of the Caribbean series it doesn't work and you know movies like Get Out and Split th that's why they're so successful because it's a good storyline they don't rely on popular actors and actresses like a lot of the actors in those two movies they're they're not too well known yeah, very true that's yeah. a good point there was minimal plot holes in those movies. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we were talking about how um, it was the other way around where, like, <laughs> with uh, with Passengers, you had two A-list stars and the story was shit. Yeah, they didn't save the movie at all. Their star yeah. power. I guess it, it kind of almost works more if you have, like, a, you know, less cast members and stuff. Because that was a very, like, you know, constrained movie in terms of, like, how many it had like three characters basically oh yeah that's right and the third was Lawrence Fishburne so a lot of people know who he is anyway mm -hmm. so but yeah that was like the appeal for you you were talking about how like we're kind of going away from the big Hollywood stars a little bit because people are more interested in the story than just going to see like the, yeah than seeing the popular actors like over and over and it's, over again it's not how it used to be right and I think production companies they need to realize that that star power is not going to save a movie pretty much i mean you can attract people to get there critics completely shit it on the mummy and yep. now the and you, you said this the other day that's how this movie survived because of a worldwide audience they were attracted to tom cruise but domestically it completely failed yeah it made about 35 million domestically mm -hmm. and i think it was like 150 million internationally Worldwide. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about how it's like it's almost killed the dark universe but overall i think this movie was profitable and, and still in theaters so it'll probably pull in some more money especially once like china has a go at it mm -hmm. and like i i could see it clearing a like, quarter of a billion or something easily yeah. but yeah it just in the u.s anyway it doesn't cut it anymore I was kind of tweeting about this movie earlier, like maybe like two days ago, and a few friends suggested to me that Universal Studios is going to cancel the rest of the Dark Universe movies. And, you know, for a minute I was like, that's true, because they brought up the point that the Terminator Genesis series was completely canceled. It was supposed to be three movies, and they only got out one. Hmm. But I think it's too late for them to cancel any of the other movies. Yeah, that's fair. Too much marketing has gone out. The, th the thing was with Terminator, though, it's like more of the same. 
I don't know. I didn't really. I know a lot of people didn't like Genesis, but I thought it was all right. I, yeah, I didn't think it was too terrible. It's definitely not the worst. What in a in a universe where Terminator Three exists, it is not the worst Terminator movie. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with that. <laughs> like, yeah, there was like definitely like clear plot holes in that movie, but definitely. it wasn't like the worst thing ever. Like, no, no definitely, not. the Mummy was definitely worse than that movie. <laughs> uh, on that, we're in agreement. Yeah. But I, I feel like with Terminator, you're, you know what you're going to be getting. It's more Terminators, yeah. more Sarah and John Connor. And at least with this, it would be a real shame to cancel other movies. Because there's there's still hope for this. Because there's oh, yeah. definitely like other monsters that they can explore and maybe make a better storyline. I, I think in two, you've got <clears throat> two, sorry. You've mm-hmm. got all these different directors and writers and like... It's They're all like, under the same banner, but it, it's kind of like comparing... I go back to Marvel, because that's what this is trying to mirror. It's kind of like comparing one Marvel movie to the next. And those are usually quality, mostly overrated, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> You went there. But, I mean, look, look at how many um, look at how many movies DC had to make before they made a good superhero movie with, with Wonder Woman. That is a very good point. They made a lot. I mean, the last good one was pretty much... Probably the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. I'd say. So the Dark Universe still has time to redeem themselves in the next few movies. They just need to work on better storylines and don't automatically assume that the audience will look past like the huge gaping plot holes or a mediocre plot line. Yeah, we pretty much fell into a giant plot hole. We really did. <laughs> I, I think what they need to do is like take a look at the classics and see what they did to get the appeal of monsters films like just right. Uh, there was a lot of like in the older movies they have subtle like spookiness to them and that's what makes it great it's not like in your face it's not over the top because they're meant to be unsettling and a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch i think (laughs) actually slapping with when you were just comparing it to the old movies and i'm like wow like it didn't hit anything on the checklist there's like no subtlety there's nothing pretty much right in your face with extreme close-ups and shit too Mm -hmm. and Honestly, I think it would be really cool if they did some of the other films in black and white. Like, you know what? Right now. It was funny that you mentioned that because I was just reading oh. an article how they think uh, a few tips that the monster or the dark universe should pick up is like perhaps starting the movie in black and white oh, nice. and just kind of like slowly merging to color just to give it that old fashioned feel since it's supposed to be a reboot of the classic monster films. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, it would be really neat. They, they need so they're to not going to do it? <laughs> no, of course not. They need to take advantage of these, what makes them feel classic. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they've done that no, so far. No, they have not whatsoever, which is really disappointing. They're trying so hard, like, or at least in this movie, to make it like it's modern times, it's new, it's fresh, and not really fresh. Uh, it's a fresh mess. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Tom Cruise, basically, in my opinion, I feel like he plays like the same type of character in every movie that he's in. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's cool, it's entertaining, but it, it didn't work for this movie, I feel. Mm-hmm. He plays the stereotypical adventure guy that's always like a smartass, quick with a response, and somehow ends up in like some debacle and chaotic situation that he needs to like, it's like a life or death situation. Yeah. Th- that's like all his movies. Yeah, pretty much. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, though. All right, so what are your top best three Tom Cruise movies? I would say his top best three in my book. I really... My number one favorite is probably Edge of Tomorrow. I, oh. I really loved that movie. And the critics did, too, so I know I'm not crazy. I really enjoyed that because I think he... Again, the, the comical guy who gets into a tough situation really works for that film. Mm-hmm. 
because he, he just is a pretty good fit for it. And then he's serious when he needs to be, which he wasn't able to do in this movie. But I like that he's able to turn it off. And, and plus, Emily Blunt was so good in that that I just, again, I kept wondering, I'm like, why isn't Emily Blunt in this movie? Yeah. Like, she's not, like, my favorite actress or anything, but, like... She I, could have done more with the role. She Yeah, she would have been way better. I was like, why the fuck isn't Emily Blunt? I was even wondering, like, why isn't... I'd rather have Sofia Botella as the, like... You know the side character because mm-hmm. she was like the love interest. Yeah, that would have been better. All right, so what are your other two? My, my other two, okay. Before we get into another, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think we can both agree on a few good men. I mean, oh, it's a, of course, that's a classic. That, I mean, that's my number one for him. Number one, okay. Yep. Um, I, I really like him in that because he he plays a much different character than he usually does. I mean, he's kind of a smart ass, but a lot of the movie he just plays it straight and just kind of in over his head, but struggling to survive you know mm-hmm. like basically dog paddling on the surface <laughs> i mean obviously the best part of that movie is jack nicholson yeah i think he won an oscar for it or something but um but yeah tom cruise is pretty solid mm-hmm. in there and then what's your other one my last one is going to be a surprising choice but it's one of my favorite films of all time um i really loved him in the last samurai it's <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite films it actually has a really good rating on imdb so again I, i'm not alone i'm not judging not but, judging um you know, I, I enjoyed the way the story plays out. I like the characters. Um, again, it was another role where he didn't play... I mean, he was kind of a smartass, but he played this, like, broken man, this haunted soldier, who's trying to find himself and find his inner peace. And I thought, I liked that about him, because he, he really made the role his own. The cast is great. Okay. All right, so my top three, as you know, Few Good Men was number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission Impossible movies in general. I'm just going to lump them together. Yeah, except for the second one. Except for the second one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost forgot about that one. Uh, sorry. I, I blocked it out of my head. I always remember the bad movies. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so all the Mission Impossible movies except for the second one. All right, and then this one's going to be really weird as one of my favorites. Just because mm. I thought the character exploration in this movie was kind of fascinating. If you really look underneath the surface, people Just are... I know, say it already. I know, people are going to think I'm so fucking weird. Eyes wide shot. I know, I know. That's but actually the char- under my worst. I know, but the character exploration I thought was fascinating. Yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Just because Nicole Kidman's character is trying to explain something to him, and he goes on this journey in order to understand what she's trying to say, and I just thought that concept alone was really fascinating, that you can't just assume this, this, and that about your spouse, that you can't just assume that she's happy with with this, and then that's it. Yeah. Okay. It, it taught him that women are a lot more complex than he realized. She was a little too complex for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I just, I like the, the concept, the story, the okay. character exploration. You argued your case very well for oh, that. Thank you. But it doesn't change the fact that I, I fucking hate that movie. It's really bizarre. I hate it so much. But we can Everywhere. agree that Night and Day is one of the worst. That is my number one. Worst. It's number one. Um, I oh god, I, I actually, most people remember a movie they walked out on. That is one of the very few movies I remember distinctly walking out on. I just was like, oh, God. Like, I can't. I didn't sign up for something this awful. <laughs> uh, so. All right. So, um, Night and Day got second place for... For you. Yeah, for top uh, three worst Tom Cruise films. Right. And then third place is The Mummy. And then... Oh, Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I know. And then first place <laughs> is Rock of Ages. That was so 
bad, Steve. Oh, it was see it. so bad that I was embarrassed that I watched it. That's how oh, bad it was. Like me, my mom, my brother, and my brother's girlfriend, like we're watching it, and like the movie ended, and we we're like, well, we're we're <laughs> never getting those two hours back. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so those were our worst three movies from I, Tom Cruise. I'm really shocked that you picked the Mummy as. I. It was pretty bad. But I gave it a lower rating, and it's not on here. I know, but... Side note, though, you now I actually want to see Rock of Ages, if it's that awful. I know you're saying... You're going to hate yourself after watching that movie. Oh, I, you know, I'll, I'll like watch like a little bit of it. See, like, mm. Lamari doesn't understand that when she tells me that a movie is awful, that is, like, the one thing you can tell me <laughs> that will get me to check the movie out. To be fair, like, there's, like, <laughs> two levels of, like, stupidity, like, in movies. You know, like, yeah. there's, like, the stupid entertaining movies, and then it's just... The, the other stupid but it's just so bad that you're just like what have I done I've wasted like oh. hours of my life watching this that I will never get back and that's yeah. how I felt after okay. watching Rock of Ages it was like I felt like I lost brain cells after watching that movie it was so maybe you did I probably <laughs> did now I'm gonna check it out oh. I, I'm, I, I know I'm gonna regret it you're gonna regret it but. so Bad, I won't watch the whole thing. My last movie, okay. since one of your best movies is on my list, <laughs> and I, I fucking hate Night and Day, though. I, I There's very few movies that I hate more than Night and Day. Like, it just makes me angry thinking about it. <laughs> but what really, what is a really stupid fucking movie, Cocktail, is one of the dumbest, you're talking about stupid movies that piss you off. Cocktail is so dumb. It's just about him working in a bar with, I can't even remember who the other guy is, He's just flipping bottles and shit. And it's like, there's like a story, there's like a murder in the story and like a love interest. I think and my mom was watching that the other day. It's always on TV. I made the mistake of watching it and it just got me so angry. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. That's the plot. It's just that he's flipping bottles and he's learning to be a bartender. <laughs> and I'm like, it's nothing that you couldn't see on like a 20 minute episode of Bar Rescue or, or a half hour, whatever it is, 40 minutes. All right, so few fun facts for this movie and for the franchise in general. My friends had predicted that the monster or the dark universe is over after this flop of a movie. However, they are wrong because Johnny Depp is already slated to play the Invisible Man. Yep, hmm. it's just been announced right. with Ed Solomon to write the script. He's done Men in Black, he's done Now You See Me 1 and 2, and he just announced there's going to be Now You See Me 3. Oh, really? Yeah. And he also did Charlie's Angels. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, okay, so the director of The Mummy, Alex Kurtzman, he confirmed to produce other Dark Universe movies such as Van Helsing, which was just announced, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein is already in pre-production phase. Really? Yes, it is. Huh. And you know how you mentioned earlier that you really wanted to see an end of credits scene? Right. So Alex Kurtzman said, he specifically said this, that that is Marvel's domain and he will not do that. Mm -hmm. That is yes. such bullshit. Javier Bardem, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, and Eddie Red Redman. Redman, did I say that right? Eddie Redman. Edward, yeah. Eddie Redman were all considered to play Dr. Henry Jekyll before Russell Crowe was casted. Oh, God. Um, Bardem was cast as the Fra as Frankenstein's monster. All of those would have been really weird, so I'm glad yeah. that they picked Russell Crowe. It would have been kind of interesting to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt play that role. I'm kind of curious. 
can he play a bad guy? I've never seen him play a bad guy before. Um, I don't know. Kind of in um, Looper. Wow, Jumper was the shitty teleporting movie. <laughs> uh, in Looper, he kind of played a bad guy, hmm. sort of. Okay. I don't know. And I'm really glad it wasn't Javier Bardem because he just creeps me out. <laughs> like, he just scares well, he's, me. He's going to play Frankenstein's monster, so oh. be ready for that. Mm. Eddie know. Redman as, a, as Dr. Jekyll. I... That would have been... I don't like Eddie Redmayne. Really? I really don't. But, like, he just looks so confused, and it just annoys me. Like, yeah, he always he looks does. like he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. <laughs> um, all right, so when Universal was planning their Dark Universe franchise, they originally envisioned Dracula Untold from 2014 as the first installment. It didn't happen. <laughs> It just didn't happen. I guess they just weren't ready to kickstart. I I guess not. Which is funny because that would have actually been... That was a much better movie than this, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't great. I would have probably given it, like, a 6 out of 10. Mm, Yeah, I guess I would give it a 6 as well. Yeah. But it was like a... It wasn't like an annoying 6 where I was just sitting there the whole time. Yeah. Not knowing what was going on. And I'm not, like, racking up these plot holes in the back of my head. That's true. I, I guess I was amused by it. I wasn't, like, blown away or anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely not. But... But, again, past Dracula movies, like, recently have been god Not good. You're, you're being too kind. They've been terrible. Yeah. Dracula 2000? It's funny. I legit just watched that last week. Mm, Jesus. Yeah. I was like, there's nothing else on. We can do vampire stuff a lot of times badly, as we saw with Twilight. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some good stuff in there. Like, Lost Boys is awesome, and... Um, Lost Boys is quite amusing. It, it, yeah, it's solid. And yeah. I even don't mind the sequels, even though they're not bad. But oh my they're, God. they're pretty shitty, actually. But um, they're fun shitty. So my last fun fact is this remake of The Mummy will be released 85 years after the 1932 original version, hmm. 18 years after the 1999 remake, and 16 years after The Mummy Returns. Oh, actually, I have one more. The book that Jenny knocks down when she's completely useless trying to rescue Tom Cruise. We, I, I, remember, I remember seeing it during the movie. It's the book from The Mummy from 1999 version, which is the Amun-Ra. I think it was the Book of the Dead. Right, right. The Book yeah. of the Dead, yeah. So I remember seeing, I'm like, ah, oh, that book looks familiar. Oh. Because I thought it was a weird close-up that they did of the book. See, now, I forgot that you mentioned this the other day, because now I'm really, really confused. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's the only link this movie has to the other Mummy films. So now it's like, now I'm even like, my mind just exploded. Yeah. I have no clue. They specifically said. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah, that it has nothing to do with the Brendan <laughs> Fraser movie. And then they throw this in there. It's just like. Sorry, that just blew my mind. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, this is so stupid. Well, Steve, that is the conclusion of this podcast, I guess. I'm having like a crisis right now. Because <laughs> I just like, that just hit me. <laughs> I don't know. How do, how do you feel right now, aside from your mind exploding? I, I feel like, I feel good. It was kind of cathartic. I feel like I got a lot of negative emotions out that yeah. I've been holding <laughs> in like, since we saw it. Yeah, I enjoyed uncovering the multiple plot holes with you. So that concludes Worth a Watch with Lumari and Steve. So tune in next time. See ya.